back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 42 of Keep a Track at Home. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always, and with my co-host, Jolan Bayoqua. Jolan, 42, that's a lot of guys. I'm going to pick two of my favorite uh, over in the diamond in baseball. That would be Jackie Robinson and Mariano Rivera. Jackie Robinson obviously broke the color barrier. Then, obviously, we have Jackie Robinson Day. Everyone wears 42, except... Mariano Rivera got to wear that jersey every day up until, obviously, his retirement. Now his jersey's retired. So 42 is officially retired in baseball. Yeah, there's some other guys, isn't there? Uh, you're going on the diamond. I'll take the gridiron, the pair of safeties, Pat Tillman. Obviously, uh, he served our country after playing a couple seasons in the NFL, lost his life serving our country. And then the great Ronnie Lott, one of the hardest hitters ever to hit a football field. And uh, on the court, basketball court, I think it's some good. Maybe Kevin Love, Kevin Minnesota. Double-double yeah, double well, Kevin Love. Uh, bigger Kevin Love, thicker Kevin Love. You know that 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 was the go-to guy. I think he averaged twenty-six and eleven. I think when he was in Minnesota, just a just a great player all around. And uh, you know, Jolan, let's let's get into it. You know, we got a lot of NFL talk. There's a lot of wheeling and dealing right now. A lot of cap casualties. A lot of moves. We got these paydays and purges that we've been kind of doing. This is installment number three of that, obviously. So. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk about paydays and purges before we get to the cuts. Let's go with the AFC North for paydays and purges. Obviously one of the better divisions last year in football and they have been for the past couple years, but it's interesting to see where they all fall and if the dynasty of this AFC North teams are falling apart. We'll start with the Steelers who they currently are ranked 24th in cap with only $5 million. They do not have a first round pick this year. I think it was from off the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Likely. If, yeah. yeah. So Steelers kind of on the ropes. Money's kind of not there. I know Bet, Big Ben did some restructuring. What do you know? Yeah, I, I know he did restructure that a good amount. Obviously, he, he had no choice. Uh, he kind of had to. But, you know, you look at this team and, you know, Juju's a free agent. Uh, what are you going to do with the run game? You lose a guy. You lose one of the Pouncey twins. Uh, and we saw, again, we talked about what did Dallas lose when they lost Travis Frederick. When you lose one of the best centers in the league, it's very difficult to replace. That position is so crucial, people don't even realize it, and that's because they disrespect the offensive line. We're going to talk about some of that disrespect a little bit later. But they they are the quarterback up front. They have to know everything that goes into each play, each scheme, each uh, each blitz that's coming, how to slide out of it, how to slide into it, how to do all these different things. That's a very big loss, I think, for their offense. I think they struggle next year, Jolan. This is a team that always finds a way to 8-8, 9-7. Eight eight, They'll find a way to get to those the, that 8-9 win threshold. But right now, as we sit here at the at the middle of March, I can't tell you that this team's going to have a great year. I can't tell you that they're going to win the division. We saw them get owned by Cleveland there in the in the playoff game. Yes, you know we, we can't we, right. We can't forget about that. That was at Pittsburgh, no less. So and uh, I don't know if Big Ben's the same guy. That and that's that's another part of the problem and another part of the equation. That, that, that that's basically my biggest question to you. Do you think if Big Ben has a bad year to start the season, they are going to abandon the Big Ben game plan and he's going to go out in almost the worst way possible if you're a Steeler? I don't because we've seen this with the 2004 draft class E in Eli Manning. We saw the way the Giants catered to him, cuddled around him. Listen, I honestly, if I was the Steelers this year, 
I likely would have cut bait with Big Ben Roethlisberger because, again, being a Giant fan, I've seen this merry-go-round with Eli Manning a whole bunch where, again, at the end of the career, he's just not great. He, he makes some good throws, makes some throws that go, oh, my goodness, that's the old Ben. But I, you just don't see it a lot anymore. You don't see it as consistently. And I think it's time to cut ways in a team that's got to get rebuilding or at least in terms of rebuilding that offense, they got to get going quick. Speaking about rebuilding and rebuilding in a good way, and it might be a very quick way, the Cincinnati Bengals obviously hit nailed number one pick on the head with Joe Burrow. He gets hurt, but he's going to come back. They are sixth in cap this year with $41 million, and they have the fifth pick. A lot to happen with this team. What do you like about them? And I believe 33rd overall, they took T. Higgins, the receiver out of Clemson. He had a great year, right too. Year. Two big uh, hits, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that team, listen, I think... In the draft, I don't even know where they're picking. I believe, is it sixth? Are they taking... They're picking fifth They're overall. picking fifth. I, I would... Listen, I think a guy like Penny Sewell, the left tackle out of Oregon, is sitting right there. And obviously, we'll get to those predictions a few months from now. But I, right now, right here, right now, that's a guy that jumps off the screen to me saying, send him to Cincinnati, protect Joe Burrow for the next 10 years, and you're going to be okay. Again, that's where I would go get your big left tackle. And then in free agency... Go spend. Go get him weapons. Go get a defense. Do all these different things. Find ways because you got to spend while he's on the rookie deal. It's interesting. There's going to be a lot of good linemen, too, on the market. Maybe the Bengals heavily pursue them. Maybe those linemen see the Bengals as an up-and-comer. We move on to a team that's obviously been consistent over the past couple seasons, the Baltimore Ravens. Harbaugh's done an amazing job since he touched down there. They're 16th dead middle of the cap. They have $20 over. But the problem is they pick 27th again like they do every couple of years right. because they just get so far and can't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, this is a team that, again, I don't even think much of their success this year is going to be how much money do they spend in free agency, how much do they cut, who do they draft. It's going to be on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson. It's year three for Lamar. It's time for him to take that quantum leap Josh into Adam the leap. next stratosphere you know, and listen, I don't expect him to throw the ball like Josh Allen, but he's got to be better at that, and he's got to be more consistent, especially when it matters the most, okay? And and that we're talking up in Buffalo in the divisional round against those pesky Bills. He was not great. Now, that whole team wasn't great. Justin Tucker missed two field goals in that game. You know, that should have signaled earthquake to you right away, but I, I he, he's got to continue to improve, and if he continues to progress, this team has a shot. They have a shot every year because of him, because of him, and maybe they look for a, a number one receiver. I think those Harbo kicks were uh, complimentary to uh, Mr. Buck for saying something before those kicks. Both oh of them. man, that he was automatic. That guy was on 20... CBS, wasn't it? Yep, he's automatic from the twenty-six or in or so something like that. That would have been like wide uh, left. <laughs> is it? Would that have been uh, Romo? It was no. Crew? It was Aikman. Aikman and uh, Aik- Buck. But that game was on CBS. Was it? Yeah, CBS is usually the AFC typically. This might have been a playoff. I don't know. I, I know for a fact it was Aikman and Buck, and I remember for a fact. Um, I mean, they always jinx everybody. It's I crazy. mean, it's those crazy. guys are great at it. I mean, but Justin Tucker, one of the best ever. Yeah. See that happen to him on that Twice. grand stage. It's, 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 it hurts. The Ravens yeah. are definitely in good shape, but the team that might be in the best shape in this division, and it's hard to say that, they're the Cleveland Browns. They're 13th in cap with $24 million. They picked 26. They ran over the Steelers last year in the postseason. What do you like about this team? Right. What do you another, not like about this team? And another team that maybe their biggest question mark isn't who they sign, who they draft. It's what do they do with Odell Beckham Jr. Again, the stats don't lie. This offense was terrific without, without him. him. Without him. And they, they listen, they were in that ball game with Kansas City. They had a chance 
to steal that game in Kansas City. Like, we're not talking about a team that got wiped off the floor. Oh, my God, Odell, come back. I think the chemistry just works better with that offense the way it is. Odell, a guy, obviously, that needs some of those quick screens to get the ball in his hands real quick, get a rhythm almost. But in Stefanski's offense, you can't really afford to do that. You run the rock, you do a little play action, and then you, you hit him with a deep ball. So I think, I think do they look to trade Odell? Everybody in the world is saying no, but so do the Giants. The Giants literally signed him to an extension. Said we're not we're not paying a guy to trade him. Well, you ended up doing that just just that. So anything can change. It can flip on a dime. I think that's the biggest question mark for them. And then can Baker do it again? You know, again, I I don't think we asked Baker to be Superman last year. I don't think he had to be. That's just part of the offense. If he continues to play the way he did, continue to be the guy we know him to be from last year. I think Cleveland is headed towards another successful season and potentially a division crown for the first time, probably in our lifetimes. I, you know, I don't think since ninety, I was born in ninety eight. I don't know if they've had a division title since then. I don't think they have, but I think they made the postseason one time and it's a wild card. Yeah, I think it was two thousand two. Yeah, was something it? Yeah. early, early like yeah, that. Yeah, two thousand two. It's Lord knows it's been. I was forever. four. That takes care of the AFC North. Let's move over to the NFC North. Oh yeah. Now this division on the opposite hand of Green Bay, um, this division been piss poor for a while now i mean the vikings have put pieces together but haven't put it all together they got great guys like dalvin cook kirk cousins they're 22nd cap only over by 9 million and they pick 14th obviously hit the nail on the head with justin jefferson last year what do you like about this team is this team ready to compete i mean they got flash but this team needs really two things a a whole defense (laughs) and they need an (laughs) offensive line you know, again, their offensive line, not not that they were bad. They're just kind of getting up there a little bit. They need to be more consistent, and they really need a defense. Mike Zimmer, obviously, is a great defensive coach, but he needs those guys back. They cut both of their corners, I believe, before the season last year. Correct. A little bit question mark to me. Uh, I know Xavier Rhodes obviously had to go, you know, but I'm not sure. I believe Mike Hughes got hurt last year, uh, one, of, one of their other corners. Um, I'm blanking. I think he did, and I don't think they trusted him to come back. Yeah. So, yeah. but you got to get, you got to look at these pass rushers. They got rid of Everson Griffin. You know, you got to find a guy that can rush the passer again. Uh, I think that's really because again, you got Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. I'm not, you know, you like that. Do they have um, uh, Yannick Ngakwe up there. I believe they do, yeah, but how long? A, yeah. How, you know, he I had don't a know very if, silent season last year. I don't know if he's under contract. That's that's my concern. No. That would be my concern, obviously. But again, that maybe that quiet year, maybe you get Yannick back. For cheaper, cheaper, right? Yep. Maybe he goes That's on a one-year, a, deal. a one-year prove-it type deal. But on the offensive side of the ball, I, I'm not overly concerned. You have Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. You know, you like that. I'm not a big fan of Kirk Cousins. Never been. But he's got two great weapons in Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson, who was terrific as a rookie. Now they cut Kyle Rudolph. Don't know what that's about, but Irv Smith was really good last year, so I'm guessing that's likely all the reason. But they, you know, listen, they they're a good football team, not a great one. Uh, I think they got to shore up that defense and really get some good offensive linemen, which we talked about they might be able to, and uh, and I think they can have a great year. Now this next team has a ton of question marks around oh, it. Oh boy, Chicago Bears. Obviously, they uh, we actually laughed about this. They do have a first round pick after all those years without a, uh, oh, without one great. from the Khalil Mack trade. The Bears are 31st. They are negative 19 million under the cap. That's correct. Negative 19 million under. Oh. And they pick 20th this year in the first round. Mr. Trubisky has already, or well, he didn't say it. The team said they're parting ways with Mr. Trubisky. They're going to figure out what to do for quarterback and free agency or via draft. 
Where does this team go? What do they do? They're back to square one. Alec Robinson's tagged with no quarterback. It's ugly. Yeah, I don't know if you or any of our listeners have gotten, you know, uh, when, when you used to take a test in school and you just had no no clue about what you were doing and the teacher just put question marks all over the test. That's exactly what this team looks like. They have no idea what they're doing. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy probably should have been fired this offseason instead of next offseason. And now where do you go? Again, I, I'm waiting for Trubisky's agent to say, oh, these are false. And then three days later, yeah, no, Mitch Trubisky's gone. Adios. Uh, what? How do you get underneath that cap? Who are you going to cut? They're an interesting team. Who's going to be their cap casualty? Every team's got one that's like, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, that guy could still play. Who's it going to be? I for, guarantee it's like an Eddie Goldman. I, why can't they cut like eight of their 25 tight ends? Uh, they they can get them. down to 17, <laughs> you know, like then, then they'll be in much better shape. But uh, yeah, a team that I don't know really where they're going. They might want to look to full rebuild. But they can't, not with Matt Nagy. You know, they, that's a next-year type product if Matt Nagy has the year we think he will. Uh, you know, I, I just I don't see a lot, Joel, on that. Defense is fun to watch. Super fun. Defense Eddie is good. Jackson, Khalil Mack. But now Trubisky's gone. Now Allen Robinson's. It, did they tag him? They tagged him with no quarterback. This is why it's so, what are Great. you doing? However, this is a point I brought up previously. If I got a young quarterback coming in, I would appreciate having a number one weapon That's true. like an Allen Robinson or one. in Atlanta like a Julio Jones. You, you'd prefer to have that. So they kept Allen Robinson. They got, again, we talked about 25 different tight ends. You know, what What can they do? I, I don't see them doing much this year. I really don't. I thought they, they got hot, and they were probably the worst 5-0 and team in NFL history last year, and, and it kind of fell off a little bit, and then they made the run at the end. It's just very up and down. It's almost like that defense is masking all of their problems they have on yeah, offense. And I think a, it is. To a downfall. To a, you start off 5-0, and you mm-hmm. don't ask questions. You know what I'm saying? If it's a formulist to win, you're going to keep doing that. I agree. And now we're moving on to a team that might be even worse at offense next year oh, than the Bears. No. It's the Detroit Lions. Now, oh. No more Matt Stafford. Marvin Jones might be gone. Kenny Galladay is officially leaving. All question marks on the line. All question marks on defense. They whiffed last year on Jeff Okuda. Who played horribly? He played horribly. I'll just say that outright. Right. Number third pick. You got a lot of questions for the Lions. They're twenty fifth in cap. They're only over by about three million, and they pick seventh. So another top ten pick after picking top ten last year. What do you What do you do with this team? I Jared Goff led offense. I mean, listen. Here's the good news. You got a coach that's going to bite some kneecaps. I mean, like, <laughs> like we are talking about a straight savage there. Uh, and listen, if he's got a lineup and play tailback, uh, I'm sure he wouldn't mind that in the slightest. Uh, but listen, I mean, Jared Goff comes into an offense that they've got a good backfield. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson is a good tight end. Okay, you need some. You need obviously you need weapons on the outside. You're a bit more optimistic than I am. I, I forgot about T.J. Hawkinson. Right, like. right. I, listen, I, I think he's a good player, not a great player. I wouldn't consider great, him great for tight end. Right, I I wouldn't consider him a great tight end. He's in that good class, You're upper right. good class. That's too. Yeah. So you know, and then you look at you know you got to get some weapons. So at seven. You know, where are you going? Are you going with a guy like Devontae Smith? Are you looking at a guy like Jamar Chase if he's still there? With Kyle Pitts maybe? You know, but again, you got Hawkinson. So, but I would imagine they would focus a lot on defense here because Lord knows they need it. They do need protection for Stafford. Just really, I would expect a full rebuild this year, but a team that's going to play hard. You know, I think this is a team that's going to be in more games you know, than, pe- than a lot of people think because they're head coach. Let me cut Jeff Okuda some slack last year. 
He obviously couldn't do anything against the receivers when the quarterback had 30 minutes to throw the ball. They never got a pass rush. There was question marks at linebacker. So you're right. That whole defense is it's, one of the worst in football. Up. They got to step up. Taking it to the division leaders and winners last year, the Green Bay Packers had a phenomenal 13-3 and season. Fell short of a chip. Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship against Brady, obviously. Uh, Packers are in a weird spot, though, because there's all these old veteran players. You got question marks. I mean, you have studs still. And Devontae Adams, but there's question marks that running back we'll get into. They're 27th in cap. They're under, actually, by $2 million, so they're not going to be doing a ton of signings, maybe some reconstruction, and they pick 29th. So what do you do if you're Green Bay? Who's the first people you grab? Is anyone a free agent you want to grab? What do you do? I mean, bro, this is, this is, this is to me, pretty obvious. I think, obviously... In the first round, where are they picking again? They're picking 29th. That's they're what I'm saying. They 29th. got to a conference championship to fall short. Now right. they're down here. So who are they going to pick at 29? I mean, listen, a guy like uh, you know uh, Kyle Trask, the quarterback, because they're going to take a quarterback, right, in the first round. <laughs> you know, instead of getting their all-world quarterback a weapon for once in their you lifetime. Would, you would think it's weapon this year. You you would hope, but again, we thought it would be last year in a wide receiver studded draft. That kind of played out with Alan Lazard having as good of a year he did before a little injury skit. Right. Because he was, he was a good number two and number three last year. A complimentary That's to, great. outside Devontae Adams. And there was another one I'm missing. I think uh, Mar- Marquise Valdez-Scantling was on Oh, yeah, team. Valdez-Scantling. But and, yeah, uh, no, so Alan Lazard played better than I thought he would. Yeah, but again, at the end of the day, it's not a guy I would... He's not a true two. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. And and you need a guy now. What's been thrown around? They got Aaron Jones is on the market. They didn't franchise him. So what does that mean? They they either got to sign him or he's going to go. And I, I listen. It it may be a, a little contrary to what people believe, but the cap hit for a running back uh, for um, to be tagged is eleven million. I think they can get him on a longer term deal for maybe shorter. Obviously, throwing a signing bonus. Maybe throwing some voided years down the road. Four like, year, forty five million. Yeah, twenty I mean, million up front. I, th- I think you can definitely try something like that. Or are they looking for a splash? Are they looking at a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. who may be who may be on the Hello. market? You know, again, just to, they got to show Aaron Rodgers at some point they love him, right? Yeah. Like at some point they have to. I mean, he's probably going to get number twelve retired there. Uh, you, probably. You, you would assume so. I would imagine so. Broken and stuff, but like. It, it just feels like they disrespected Aaron Rodgers uh, repeatedly, and you saw him come out and almost win a championship last year. Like you would think, this is the year they have to sell out and go in all offense. You would hope. You would hope. You would hope. I mean, there's so many questions around Green Bay, and so many questions around the NFL. This is why we're doing these paydays and purges. But that wraps up the North. We obviously will finish in the East. It's going to be fun in the East. A lot going on with the Jets. A lot going on with the Giants. Yep. What's going on with the Patriots? They might be one of the worst teams at football, surprisingly. I, you know, listen, I, I think Belichick has something up his sleeve, and Cam Newton's back. That that was one. Of, that was their big signing. I think they're going to get a lot of those defensive players back from opt out. I just question marks. You, you never. I, I I don't know. I'm still not betting against them to find a way at eight and eight, nine and seven to, you know, work some magic there. But no, Joel, on this week, it's it's been filled with a lot of disrespect for the guys up front. You know, we, we watched we watched Eric Fisher, Mitchell Swartz, Kevin Zeitler, uh, Andrew Norvell, Trey Turner. Trey Turner all get cut this week. And as a fellow offensive lineman, I feel very sick to my stomach when I watch this. 
Kansas City, listen, I get it. I get Fisher has the big Achilles injury. Schwartz is coming off an injury. But, guys, did you not watch the Super Bowl? Did you not see the protection that he had? Okay, he was, you know, he was down. He was down those two guys plus the guy, uh, the the player. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he he went to fight COVID. Uh, for he's some like medical genius. The French guy. Yeah, you yeah, know exactly. Yeah, the what I'm hyphen last name. Ah, yeah. name. But he, he, I think he's coming back this year. So you you would have had basically the gang back together that won the Super Bowl two years ago. And this is what we were talking about before the show even started because you didn't want you did want to mention the disrespect toward Lyman, but I had mentioned to you something about Fisher and Swartz, particularly more Fisher. That with injuries like that, and they're already eight, nine, ten years pro. At what extent do you have to pay them eleven, twelve million to be hurt so many games to take that with you on a cap year where the cap's lower than it's ever been? You know what I'm saying, or lower than it's been in the past couple of years. My like, question is: Is what was that conversation like? Did they have that conversation yeah, with Fisher? That's a good hey, let's restructure this to an incentive-based deal as opposed to base. And listen again: If he refused. Obviously, the team's got to do what they got to do, but I just think, especially them, we watch them on the national stage get embarrassed up front, and to watch them just take the two guys that were out for that game, uh, it's, it seems a little harsh. Seitler kind of could see it coming, but even that, I told you, Giants don't have stability up front. If they did, if they didn't have three or four holes, I'd say, okay, you know, maybe, you know, may, I get it, the cap, the cap, and everything like that. But they got hole. They got holes almost it's everywhere on that yet. line, except for Andrew Thomas, who played well as a rookie. And we got to see how he plays as a sophomore. And now that's the better point I'm trying to ask you right now. Like you see Zeitler leave when there's four or five yeah. question marks for the Giants, so clearly they're going to have to do something about that in the draft or free agency. What price tag and where do these guys go? Do they go for lower amounts of money elsewhere for one year deals? Like try to sell out and go back to Tampa or this, that, and the third. You know what I'm saying? Some NBA stature because the cap is so low. These guys right. might get. One year, ten millions, and have to just appreciate it. Yeah, I, I would imagine they go for lower deals this year. Obviously, they they got to recognize the circumstances, but uh, but again, like teams are getting creative. We saw the Tom Brady deal. Tom Brady, oh, I see this big thing. Oh, Tom Brady signed a four year extension. No, he didn't. It, it's the the other three years of that extension are void, like they're voided. It all voids to him playing one extra year in Tampa, and it's just a way to spread out his money so that it doesn't affect the salary cap, so they can come back and win a Super Bowl. So I, I honestly, the way teams are starting to do that now, I would look at more teams to do that. You know, I, I would look especially with these offensive linemen and guys, you know, maybe that are more question marks than home run hitters. More signing bonus than you. Yeah, days. more signing bonus. And uh, just finding different ways to get creative with the cap. I mean, Lord knows the Giants could definitely use some linemen, but I don't think we have the money to pursue like a Trey Turner. Uh, I, I don't see us doing that when we just cut Zeitler, so there are question marks. I just really hope we figured it out. And then we obviously we kept Solder, and people are going to ask why we did that. But it's just a matter of his cap would have been hit, hit against us regardless, so you might as well yeah. keep the player with that money. I mean, yeah, questions. I mean, you would have got a little bit, obviously, a little bit of savings, and and but unfortunately, you got to ask yourself this year: Does that little bit help? You know, even though you're going to pay a lot of dead money, does that little bit help? Uh, obviously, we'll d- deep dive into that next week. We got Dax extension, mega extension, really True. great for him. Let's talk quarterback. I, I I thought it was really good deal for him uh, because again, I, I could sit here and tell you all day I don't believe he's worth forty million, but I'm glad he got his money. Oh yeah, see that's the thing. I, I love watching players get their money. That's the thing. He's a great person. I know he plays for Dallas, yeah. but he's a good person, great for his community. He deserves that money. But now I'm talking strictly football because I'm going to defend Dax right. and Dynasty's character. 
is he worth that money for what your organization is right now? No. If okay, point no. blank period. Right, because you're going to be paying him. You know, again, like they're and again, they're doing some manipulative things to pay him. He's going to get paid, by the way, after one year of football, somewhere upwards of ninety-five million dollars. So it's very so fun. It, heavy. It, is, it is very in that first year. They're going to pay him a lot of money. Listen, I don't know what this does for their flexibility because, again, I think they got other contracts on the roster. Ezekiel Elliott, number one, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, that are going to hold up that True. cap to begin now with. Now they're paying a top linebacker, the top running back, the top quarterback, and the top receiver because I know Cooper's getting his. Cooper's got $20 million So that's a year. four players taking up, what, 29 30% roughly off the top of my head oh, of cap? Oh, crazy. This is like... You cannot win football games. Like I mean, they might, they might, because our division's so bad, they might win a ton of football games. But what is Jerry doing? But Do what you have like, they, like? But what have they shown us in the last twenty-five years? Winning as it isn't as important uh, selling as tickets. selling tickets, jerseys. selling jerseys, doing all these different Spring things. Spring ceremonies for Witten. Bro, like, they they literally overspend for everybody. That's why when Dak when this whole Dak contract came out, I was like, listen. I was like, they're gonna overpay him. They're gonna, you know, he's asking thirty five. They're gonna overpay him because it's just what Dallas does. And then it ends up, hand, oh, why, why couldn't we get this guy or this guy? Well, because you paid too much for so and so, you know. And and Dak, like I said, I, I could tell you from a football perspective, I don't believe he's worth that money. But I, what I will tell you is from a person side and from you know just the individual he is to that community and just being a player, they deserve every penny because so many times we see those big injuries and teams. Bail on him. But we'll call this situation, Dak's situation, we'll call it the Russell Wilson dilemma. Because the dilemma is that Russell Wilson has all this money and control of his offense and stuff, and he flops. The team's garbage. The defense has no money to spend on it, and he's cutting a third of the cap. At what point do you have to let go of the quarterback? Because what if he's doing? Do you, well, see, do you see Russ Wilson moving? Like, Do you I, see Dak moving off in the four years? Like, obviously, that could be coming sooner rather than later with all the Russell Wilson talk. Um, but again, like... History tells I, us. I don't even good. think... He's not even asking to go out and sign, like... Uh, like He's not asking them to sign Tyron Smith or Trent Williams, like the top left tackle in the league. He's asking them for some kind of protection. I've watched those games. My roommate's from Seattle. He's watched them, obviously, his whole life. That offensive line stinks. Yeah, worse than football. Now, now he, worse than football. Now, he creates some sacks. He creates more sacks than what the statistics will tell you. But he that offensive line is bad. And that offense is not suited to his style. And I think it could be holding them back just a hair. Because Pete Carroll is all about this run game. That's exactly the Seahawks-Cowboys paradigm. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't the Cowboys just totally flop in the next couple seasons? Because there's lines atrocious and they spend too much money. That's exactly what I was hitting at. I, I think, like, I think that we, might could, be their we could see it. Yeah. We could see it because they can't afford anything else. We're, it's going to be more likely than not, too, because history te- even Mahomes, history tells us you pay quarterbacks a lot of money, you got to cut some pieces to save some money but here even, and there. But even he restructured his deal. I would expect a lot of that over the course of his, you know, 100 years, billion-dollar contract. <laughs> um, Ownership stake. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure that's coming in the near future. But, you know, listen, I, I, I want to see more guys get paid. And, and, again, Dak coming off that mega injury – he gets the mega deal. It's good for him. It's good for the league. It's good for everybody. Uh, Jolan, obviously, some football this weekend. It was Warwick High School. I was on the call for that. That was a lot of fun. Did in the booth with my co-host, Dr. Vin Prisbolinski. We took Goose and Doc show on the road uh, to the booth. And I uh, got to call a game with Rockin' Richie, who's been calling Warwick games for uh, since I was way before I was born. So, uh, great day. Warwick won 27-0 at home. Great day. I 
high school football is back. And you did you it say? with the Renaissance, man. Dr. P is yeah. a man of everything, bro. A little oh, bit of taste here, a little taste there. Man. I love it. Everything. He's dipping his toes everywhere. And it's just great, man. It, it's, it's all for the kids. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what it's about. And I think, you know, I, I couldn't even sleep going into the game. Game was Saturday. You know, I, I couldn't Same sleep weekend, going baby. Friday into Saturday. You know, because that's, that's how it was for me in high school. I never slept. It's Never exciting. slept great. It's a, it's awesome. It's a great feeling for the kids. We're so happy for them. Especially so. over the, the hard course of a year. Like, I know adult, as us as adults and, like, the rest of the country is hurting. you got to realize that these kids are getting robbed of a valuable time that we all got to experience. And for them yeah. to get even a small taste of normalcy is, is, is awesome. Well, and I think I get a double dose this year, honestly, because New Jersey had a fall season. So you're able to watch those games. And then the spring now, you know, New York has their season. So it's not like every Friday night you're like, oh, which game do I watch? Now you could, now you could see all of them. Oh yeah. You know, and they all got live streams now. You know, they all got crews and and all this different stuff. So now there's there's an incentive and there's a different way to watch every game. You know, so war. You know, obviously Warwick can be found at WTBQ 93.5 FM 11:10 AM up in Warwick or WTBQ.com. You know, but it it's just it's a great thing. So happy for it. John, we're gonna keep it rolling with the NBA. So we saw we had All Star Weekend last weekend. Team LeBron just you know came Doing out. Doing what they did. Smacked them all. Four and out. Yeah. Team LeBron's. Yeah, they. <laughs> Team LeBron's greatest GM of all time. He might see that's the crazy part. Like we joke about Team LeBron four and out, but you could definitely see LeBron James being a future general manager, even I, having some stake in the team. I think honestly, and I think this is this is because LeBron. We talked about this. LeBron has a hair bit of the pettiness that Michael had. Yeah. I I want to. I want to see him buy the Cleveland Cavaliers from Dan Gilbert. You know he's got the money. And, and write a letter, burn a Dan Gilbert jersey, write a letter that he quit on the Cleveland. Oh man! Like I'm saying, that would come full circle. I could definitely see it happening. It'd be right in his, you know, his home right up his alley. You know, in Akron, he's got Space Jam two coming out this summer, which actually looks looks pretty good. You know, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. Well, it's all done. Before we get into the deep dive NBA, Space Jam 2 talk. Yeah. Got to get into it. Oh. I don't think it's going to be as good as the old no. school Looney Tunes. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. I, I got some sentiment toward them. I agree, and I think there's a lot of nostalgia, but I think I think it's going to be good. Again, good, not great. True. You're you looking know, at uh, LeBron James' post-career, if you will. What's he going to do? He's in Hollywood now, doing HBO's The Shop Talks. He's doing all this good stuff. Aside from basketball, makes you question how many years he's got left. Yeah, you really kind of wonder. I think he he wants to play with Bronny Jr. One season. I, I think he wants to play one season with Bronny Jr. So five years. Yeah, yeah. Four, is it four years now? Four years now. Uh, You're Bron- right. You know, Bronny unfortunately is going to miss this year due to a meniscus injury. I've had. Been there. I've had. Yeah, I've had <laughs> two of those. Uh, so we wish him obviously the speediest recovery. But LeBron talking about LeBron on the court. Listen, it's time. You know, this is post All Star break. It's time to ramp it up. Shortened season, not a lot of rest for LeBron. Although he only played 13 minutes in the All Star game, which is kind of what I expected. Come out, Coaching. you know, do a little dunking and, and and all that different kind of stuff, and then get out of there, you know, so and get out of harm's way. Jolan, he's really got to turn it on. Anthony Davis is going to be out at minimum another two weeks. Again, I think that's one of those conversations. Hey, AD, take your time. We'll, we'll see in the playoffs. Well, they are already positioned. Everyone's like, oh, the Lakers are losing. They're still a top five seed in the West, I believe. Yeah, they're, they're third are, right now. Yeah, they are going to make the postseason. No one's really contending them for a top, top spot in the West besides two or three teams, the Suns and the Jazz right now. But when you look at the big scope of things, LeBron's been here before. 
teams hitting a little bit of a down slope regular season, they'll show up for postseason. It's like an every year thing. Every year thing. Every year, and everybody panics. Everybody's hitting the hitting the alarm. Oh, this is the year. And then LeBron finds his way back in the finals and just finds a way. Well, from the West, let's take it to the East. What do you like about the Nets? Are they the team to beat right now? Because uh, I believe they are. They sadly. have to be. Sadly. They have to be. Joel Embiid went down with a bone bruise. Um, you know, but he, he's been an injured guy over, over his career. So how, can he stay healthy the rest of the season? If he does, I think he wins MVP. If not, James Harden. You know, I, I, listen, you know, I this Nets team, it, they're, they're, they're there. You know, they're, they're starting to click already. Blake Griffin's um, signing. Blake Griffin, you know, again, Blake Griffin is not the guy I think two to three years ago. You, yeah. This would have been like, oh, my goodness. You know, I think there was a little bit overreaction to them signing Blake, but a great deal nonetheless. And, uh, you know, he's going to provide some useful minutes. So, looking back at the NBA entirely, let's talk about Chris Paul's effect on the Suns. Specifically, Suns go 8-0 and in the bubble last year. They had a, some minuscule chance of making yeah. it, like, the, the postseason. They did everything they could, literally going undefeated, and still didn't make it. And this offseason, they signed Chris Paul, get that acquisition. Let's talk to Suns. Are they the team that are going to make a push in the postseason? Or is this kind of like a... Mid-season, they're hitting their stride, but you don't think they could take it? No, listen, I think they're going to present a lot of problems in the postseason. And, and again, it's that leadership from Chris Paul. Another guy that's a better person than he than he even is a basketball player. True. Just a great guy in the community, does everything he can. Player Association president. Yeah, and he is a great guy in the locker room. You hear that from everybody that's ever worked with Chris Paul. They tell you he's a great guy in that locker room. He pushes you to be better. He pushes you to be excellent. And that's what he's doing right now because the Phoenix Suns, we knew, had great, great young core of group, chemistry, uh, great core young core group of talent. Yeah. But now, now you kind of see it weaving together. Why? Because the mastermind is there to be able to be the floor general, run the show, do what he's got to do, get Booker his, and get the other guys involved, while also getting his a little bit too. Are they a legit contender? A legit content? No. I, I think I think the, uh, that kind of stinks because you know you see. Them, I just think the, the Lakers. I think the Lakers and the Clippers are too good. I jazz? really do. I'm not. I'm not big into the Jazz. I, I think that's Ooh, Rudy. That's a Spider. cohesion thing. You know, I think that that's one of those things. Quinn Snyder's been awesome. Yeah. No. Nobody's benefited more from a short off season than Utah has, just because of how long those guys have played together. Great that point. team feels like it's been together for seven years. And they're all like 25, 26. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, you know, I think that, that played a part in it. I I don't see them as a serious contender, honestly. I think the L.A. teams are just that much better. I, I really do. And I think this year we're headed for a battle of L.A., uh, and it's going to be epic. And But you know what's going to stink, though? Clippers are quiet, though, this year. The L.A. might be the only only two teams that don't have home court advantage because we don't know what the restrictions are going to be in California come playoff time. Whereas, whereas everywhere else they go, restrictions are getting lightened up. That's Texas, Ven- you venue, got Dallas. Well, I mean, listen, they go to Dallas. They're going to be playing in front of a packed house. <laughs> I mean, Houston, no, Houston's not going to make the postseason this year. Christian Woods missed fourteen the last 14 games. They're 0-14 in those games, by the way. That debt is awful. He's going to be expecting some big money soon. Then. Yo, yeah. Oh, well, man. he just got paid this offseason. Oh, that's right. He yeah. did. That's why he's playing. Okay, that yep. makes way more sense. Yep. Okay. So, Rocks um, some good. Uh, a, a little story, Joel, on about, uh, you know, not that I'm going to tell you, but it's a good story. Karis LeVert, uh, they did find a mass in his kidney earlier this year. 
uh, and it was removed, and he got back on the court this past weekend. Great job. It's uh, Lavert was the next net, uh, net. Yeah, so what happened in that decision? So James Harden went to Brooklyn in this deal, right? That's correct. And Lavert went. Lavert ended up in Indiana because Indiana ended up sending Oladipo to the Houston for Lavert. Okay. I think Lavert was headed to Houston, and then Houston literally flipped and turned him and traded him to Indianapolis. So, so let's bring this all the way back to Russ Westbrook and the domino effect. Uh-oh. Russ Westbrook leaves the Rockets. That's correct. He all gets right. traded. James Harden now is on thin ice, so he right. wants to get out of Houston. That's correct. Which, in theory, saves Karis Lavert's life. So Russ Westbrook... In theory, saves Karis Levert's <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, you would hope Domino they, effect, you bro. would hope they would have caught it at, uh, at, at some point. But again, you're you're right. Who knows how bad it could have gotten and before they caught it? And just you know, again, great to have him back out on the court. A great guy, and uh, that you know, again, the NBA. Uh, I thought their dunk contest last week was awful. I really did. I think, <laughs> oh, you say that no expression. Yeah, no. no man. And I think you might get a guy like Zion Williamson next year when it's not at halftime of the game. What was that? Like it, it was. It was really bad. My my pick, Cassius Stanley, got robbed in the first round. Uh, they gave him. I think they gave him a forty-four on a dunk that was so clearly above everybody night. else. May have been the dunk of the night. It was the first dunk of the night, and it scored the lowest, you know, dunk uh, that mattered. So, I don't know, man. Um, you can almost you could, you could kind of fault the judges to a certain extent. When it is the first dunk and you see that, you don't know what else to expect. Yeah. So, you kind of like, the, you're always in a bad position if you're doing the first dunk. Well, we dunk. thought we were getting rid of this whole judges impact when they got rid of D. Wade from the, from the judges table. Uh, <laughs> and finally, you know, it's one of, it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. They implemented the D. Wade rule where in the final round you don't, you don't write a number on the scorecard, you write a name. Oh, geez. You, you write a name. Who was better? Like, you know, uh, and Obi Toppin, I thought, had a good showing. Uh, Afrini Simons won it, right? Is that, that how you say it? What? Afrini Simmons? Simons? Uh, yeah. Sim- Afrini Simmons, yeah. Yeah, and of course, Simon. you know, he realized that COVID was still going on, so he went up to kiss the rim and, and decided that, they, you know, he had to keep six feet, so he whipped his head back. You know, I whipped <laughs> my hair back and forth, but, you know, he did that. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, there's, I just didn't, I didn't like it. Like I said, I want to get a guy like Zion in the dunk contest. Let him have some fun. He might just win. It's, he might not even have the best dunk. He might just win because people love him. Here's the problem with the dunk contest. Uh-oh. These guys are guarding themselves from potential injury and millions of dollars. That's why they're not partaking in this dunk contest. Yeah. If you don't have a name that's already top caliber, then you're going to be more incentivized to do this. But if you're a top name like Zion is, you have nothing to prove. But I think especially this year, too, no fan or lim- very, very limited fans. It's just not the same. It's not all You want weekend. that packed house. All celebrities. It, it's, yeah. uh, it's the Saturday before the game that you're playing in, so you can just l- go got, out there and let it rip. You got the Gatorade execs. You yeah. got the Nike guys there. You're right. You, yep. got, you get so, the Ritos deals. but It's definitely a little bit different, but, you know, again, what, what can you say? Uh, also looking at basketball, college basketball is is obviously rounding into March Madness. This is going to be a lot of fun. Bracketology, all this good stuff. We got robbed uh, of it last year. Yeah, we did. And Duke is out this year, Joel. On first time since '95. Hello. Um, you know they had to forfeit their game against Florida State in, I believe that was the quarterfinals of the ACC tournament after a Tier One personnel member tested positive for COVID. Uh, and by the way, it got leaked later that that was a walk on. 
And uh, I thought that was really messed up that it got leaked that it was a walk-on. Because Duke's probably got one, two, three walk-ons max. max. They're going to play process of elimination, and everyone's going to hate that guy for life. Yep. Like, it's just not Where fair. Where was that Paul guy Thursday? Yeah, <laughs> like, who who did, who did this kid dirty? Like, you know, just not right. That He got the down UNC bad. UNC plant him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, we saw a lot of that during the conference tournament. Texas, uh, Kansas, excuse me, Duke. UVA all got pulled from their conference tournaments, uh, but a, a shocker, Joel, on it in the Big East with uh, Georgetown being predicted early in the preseason to be last in the Big East has won the conference tournament, getting Let's the go. automatic qualifying bid, coached by none other than Patrick Ewing. Let's go. Who apparently security guards at Madison Square Garden didn't know who he was and gave him a hard time the other day. James Dolan deserves to be slapped. You've there should be a be, monument of that man everywhere. You've got to be kidding. Well, first of all, it's Patrick Ewing. Second of all, he's seven two. Third of all, if you're in the Knicks Madison Square Garden, you don't know about the rim bounce. You're a loser. How do you not know <laughs> about Patrick Ewing? I, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that employee is now unemployed. I hope he's reprimanded. I hope I hope he's unemployed. But no, I, I. Th- this is a clear listen, cut sign of James Dolan's culture. Listen, Spike Lee went on first take about this. I think the dude's fired. Like, I, I think James Dolan went, wow, that's, you know, that's listen, bad. like, Spike Lee's our guy, you know, and now he's on television bashing well, us. Spike Lee he got fired. some scrutiny. Of course he did. So this is James Dolan culture. They just don't take care of the people that mean anything to their organization. Charles Oakley. Oh, man, it's just so, so many bad. People. I mean, well, listen, we'll talk some March Madness coming up. we got a lot of matchups, obviously, to cover, uh, a lot going on. We're not going to pick every, that's like, 128 games. Yeah, no. No, but we're, we are going to talk through Sweet a lot. Sweet 16, we'll get something we'll, going. We'll talk maybe some upsets and, and, and some different things like that. Uh, Joel, also at the college level, the NESCAC conference, obviously where Wesleyan is, finally has brought spring sports back. It's about damn time, about ladies time. and gentlemen. It's about time. It's about time. Uh, these kids are obviously going to get, you know, many of them getting senior seasons, uh, many of them getting junior seasons that they didn't last year. Uh, you just and again another you feel great for the kids and and that's what it's all about and I'm proud of them. It also likely means Wesleyan football returns in the fall. Uh, if they can do a spring season, I can I can rest assured that they can do a fall season. Uh, you know and it's I, I'm proud of the NESCAC too, Jolon. It's different than the Ivies. The the Ivies have not made an announcement and a lot of their teams are booted because they just don't have the guys. You know, so they made this decision independent of the Ivy Leagues, which is something rare for the NESCAC. So I'm very proud of them for making this decision. It's a good change of momentum and pace for the NESCAC, too. Now they don't always have to follow what the Ivy is doing. That's correct. And, and again, they're going to see some success. Who knows they're the going to reap now. some benefits here uh, because, again, there's a lot of great athletes that go to those schools. Uh, and, Jay Lynn's my favorite. Yeah, you know, Lynn Sanity over you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm talking about the NESCAC, going to the D3 schools. There's some great True. athletes that play at that level, and they're going to get a chance to display their talents, while guys at, at Jay Lynn's old school Harvard, they're not going to get a chance to. Oof, it's, it's, uh, you feel bad for the Ivies. I mean, yeah. you really do, but yeah. at the same token, you're excited for the NESCAC and what they're doing. Yep. Like, they, they're going to be a lot of fun now. What isn't fun? I hope the Ivy kind of fun. I don't know. they got to wake up. Yeah, really I don't know do. what's going on with them. But listen, it, it, we got to talk about making sense. we got to make sense of some things that were said this week, Joel. On. Well, first is Myers Leonard oh, uh, going on. He's on Twitch. He's playing a video game, and he dies, and he uses the Jewish community equivalent of the N-word alive on Twitch. You're an NBA player. 
every microphone, every video is on you at all times, and it's just inexcusable. And what I've been seeing is, oh, oh, the Jewish people aren't so oppressed. It's not that bad of a word. you got to realize here. It might not be offensive to you, but there's whole communities that take that to heart. Whole communities that include Adam Silver, lead commissioner, who's Jewish. Right. <laughs> who that include the Miami Heat's owner, who is Jewish. This affects more than just a couple of people and fans. These are actual people he's offending. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, you go back to Deshaun Jackson did it earlier in the fall. Julian Edelman's been, been the vocal point here. He's been the guy. He really has Shabbat, been the guy, the, the mediator. I, I, is that probably the word I would well, he, mediator he right now? He's, he's yeah. doing practice, so he's doing all this good stuff. He's bringing them to Shabbat dinners where he's mm-hmm. staying. He's bringing them to meet people in the higher ranks of the yep. church or uh, I don't know if it's called the church. My, if this, uh, I believe sorry. I believe it's a uh, uh, is, synagogue. Yes, synagogue. Yep. So t- the higher ups of their synagogue. So Julian Edelman is a big vocal point on bringing down the anti-Semitic remarks from the league and other players. So keep an eye on him. He's doing some great stuff for this community. Yeah, I don't know where this anti-Semitic thing is coming. Like I, I, I don't know. He says it's cod culture. It's not cod culture. I no. understand people screaming rage. You do not have to. I mean, you're a professional ball player. That's yeah. it. You got audience. You have kids to look after you. Be better. And these do guys, better. these guys, in their apology. Oh, I'm not making any mistakes. But I didn't know what the word meant. Guys, listen, that is such an uncommon word. You know not to use it. Exactly. You know, it's one of those things you don't necessarily have to know the meaning. You just know not to use it because you never hear it. There's exactly. a reason you never hear it. Uh, and, again, you know, unfortunately shifting gears to a high school basketball game, an announcer during the national anthem thought his microphone was turned off and was using racial slurs over and over again, including the N-word, Speaking about kids kneeling before a high school basketball game. Disrespectful. It's unbelievable. And it is, again, what does his apology say? Well, I'm not here to make, I didn't know the microphone was on, but I'm not here to make excuses. No, that is an excuse. That's the first excuse. That's the first excuse. The second excuse was, well, my type 1 diabetes, my sugar rose up and it forces me to say crazy things. So that was the crazy thing you said? You couldn't say, like, think about any conspiracy. You, you, your crazy thing is you just say the n-word to a bunch of kids and that's the problem that's the problem with uh, and all these kids are saying that the, the system's rigged against them they don't mean like entirely rigged against them they mean there's people in powerful positions that are still acting like this and still making excuses as grown adults yeah. this is a problem it needs to be addressed people need to be reprimanded on all accounts of this miles leonard this dude People need to start being reprimanded, and we got to get it out of our vocabulary, man. Well, and it's I said disgusting. this. I said this on the Goose and Doc show this week. Listen, I, it's easy for me to sit here and tell you this, but I really do believe it in my heart. If if I showed up to a game and my partner said something like that pregame during the national anthem, I'm slapping him. That he's yelling about people being disrespectful. You're talking during the national anthem. You're being disrespectful. And you're grown adults. And you're grown adults. I, I think I I would have no choice but to walk right off you the set. You have to. You, I, I would walk right off the set. It's a matter of how you were raised, morally, dignity. Right. I don't want to be around somebody else right. like that. And you know, you know what's funny, John? And not necessarily funny, but interesting to add to the picture. We talk about this debate all the time about teams changing from names like the Indians and the Chiefs. There's a giant chief head in that gymnasium too. Like I can only imagine what that dude believes about that. Yeah. Like I, I don't, and I don't even want to hear it because he's going to say a lot. And I don't want to be like the, the head of a cancel culture. We need to take everybody that says everything bad down. But this is bigger than that. This, this is, is big. people with legitimate problems that have a bigger voice than their own, and they're being called out and caught in these horrible lights because of the 
people they are. And he said this about kids. And the, about uh, kids. And to make this story bow on top, by the way, screw that announcer. Those kids won the state title today. That's or yesterday. Yesterday. That's fantastic. Awesome, right? Good, good for kids them. Kids that kneeled on the state that's, title. That's some positive news. Less miles of Kansas out after the allegations from 2013 arose about sexual misconduct towards... I hate Les Miles. ...towards uh, some female student workers now, on campus. I remember... Now, I'm not going to say I remember Les Miles being accused of this stuff, but I know for a fact when Les Miles was at LSU, he went off in shady terms. I don't know what those shady terms were, but apparently the reports were of like sexual misconduct or whatever. I believe... Back from 2013? He, here's my problem with LSU and Les Miles. They disclosed that and didn't give it to other colleges so he could get hired elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, like, it's, you, yeah. You got to call a spade a spade. If yeah. they're disgusting and a bad person, you got to call them out. And now for Kansas it. is rebooting. You know, re- they're rebooting their ADs out to uh, a lot of guys. Yeah, that's what know. happens when you yep. hide and conceal things. Yep. People get, get people, catch the end people of it. lose their jobs. Yep. And, that, and that's about it. Jolan, that's going to do it for this episode. We cover a lot of different things in this episode. Uh, 42 obviously being a great number. We talked about that. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Oscar56. Or on Instagram, at Goose on the Mic. Always reach out, comment, rate us, five stars, all the time. Subscribe, notification game. Follow us on Twitter. Joel, where might the people be able to find and follow you on Twitter and Instagram and the podcast? You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GoodOldJoels. And you could follow our podcast on Instagram at AirItOut.Podcast and Twitter at PodcastAirItOut. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, compliment. Give us that five-star. Give us a rating. Hit that sub. Noti gang. Let's get it. Yeah, of course. And another great episode, John. So for this is episode 42, obviously, of the Aired Out podcast. Until next week and until episode 43. I'll be in Florida. Put in the books.